Today, our guest is Dr. Joseph Mecheri. He's an internationally sought after speaker, author, and organizational consultant who transferred his knowledge of exceptional business practice in a way that develops joyful and productive workplace with a focus on customer experience. Dr. Michelli is a Wall Street Journal, USA Today, publisher, weekly, Nelson Books, Scan, and New York best-selling author, number one. His latest books are Stronger Through Adversity, The Airbnb Way, Five Leaders' Lessons for Igniting Growth, through loyalty, community, and belonging. Dr. Michelli has also many other titles to his credit. Dr. Michelli holds the Certified Speaking Professional designation, designation from the National Speaker Association. He's also the member of Author Guild, an editorial board member of the Berlin Institute Patient Experience Journal, and is one of the founder council of Customer Experience One. Other achievements include winning the Asian Brand Excellence Award and being named as one of the top 10 thought leaders in customer service by Global Gurus. He received his master's and decorated from the University of Southern California, having journey with a close family member through a six years battle with breast cancer. And Dr. Matchili is committed to social cause associated with curing cancer and abating bird hunger. He lives in Florida, United States. He cannot join us in person unfortunately, but thanks to technology, we are going to embrace our technology today. So help me to welcome Dr. Joseph Machiri. Hello, and welcome to Conversation with Priya. How are you feeling today? I am good, Priya. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for accepting my request. And I would really, it's its a warm welcome from Australian, uh, on behalf of Australian uh, audience from my side. Uh, I have read a couple of you, your book and I have influenced. I know you have changed a lot of people's life by your you know blogs, your, your story, the books you have written. Um, it's amazing journey. I have been watching you not for long, but last three, four years, I, have, I get to know you. Um, it's, it's an interesting journey. I have looked back to your stories and your, your contribution to the business and entrepreneurship. So today, we would like to would you like to tell us something about your journey for audience, you know, Sheikh? Well, first off, I, I'm so sad I'm not able to be with you in Australia. I was in Australia last in 2019, uh, and I was actually releasing a book about a company that had a strong presence in Australia. So uh, I, I missed not being there again this year. Um, I can tell you that my journey is kind of an odd one. I started as a, as a clinical psychologist, got a PhD in what is called system psychology, kind of looked at how the family affects the individual and, and then really start taking that system psychology background when I was working in a hospital as a clinical psychologist and started to work uh, at that hospital to try to improve the culture there. A couple of hospitals merged. I got involved in, in trying to deal with that merger. And through all of that, I ended up being a consultant around human experience delivery and how to elevate human experiences so that we build loyalty and we build referrals in the people who come into, uh, into our lives. That's interesting. And I was the lucky one to join you on that uh, you know, when you were presenting your book for MindChamp, I, I think. Yeah. 
yeah that was yeah. one very, very interesting book i bought that book if you remember and you signed for me thank you so I much remember now. yeah i mean i, I just yeah. wish we were there again this year yeah I, i wish we are like literally we are missing a lot of things uh, but it, it's an opportunity and as in it's an opportunity for me to still connect you and i'm embracing the technology <laughs> that's thank you to all the technologists and innovators for that yeah, well, and i think that's a sign of greatness in business these days right i mean it's the ability to pivot it's the ability to still make the human connection despite the fact that we have uh, some technology that's needed to mediate it yeah for sure um so we are very proud of those innovators who have actually helped us to actually embrace this situation rather than sitting and actually facing the challenges and thinking it's it's a big challenges and the harder which we can't cross we can cross you know so you, uh, so it, that brings to my next question you know tell us a little bit about you know michelle magilini um, experience what has made it such a huge success is it the style of the substance you know i think i think we're just incredibly lucky uh but beyond the great luck i think every success story is a combination of being ready and then having an opportunity and we uh we have been ready enough for the opportunities to be been granted you know the first big break for me was i was working with a tiny little fish market in seattle washington trying to help them uh succeed in their business and from that just a few feet away was a coffee shop called starbucks and had the good fortune then to work with them I ended up writing a book about that fish market where they throw fish it's called the Pike Place fish market and then from there wrote a book about Starbucks having had the opportunity to work with Howard Schultz and in that group in that time and then through there just kept going you know from one thing to the next you go to the Ritz-Carlton you go to you know Mercedes-Benz and just a variety of different clients and opportunities to write books about those clients for sure and that is like i know the series of book you have written that starbucks ways and uh, you know rich carlton ways and it's uh, i read some piece of those works like it's amazing book everybody i would recommend to buy those books and read you know it's one of a recommended book i would suggest i read it so i'm endorsing it <laughs> <laughs> that's good i appreciate that my kids appreciate it too uh, it pays for uh, the continuing college they never seem to get done with yeah yeah is is something you know a writers can contribute which you're bringing often business owners and big corporates need an expert to drive their customer engagement and provide actionable guidance what role does the your your company plays in here well so we work in the c suite i am uh, what i would call a boutique consulting firm i mean there are the large consulting firms they can bring their entire team and embed themselves inside of an organization and if you don't have a customer experience department they can be that department for you we work more at the strategy level so we work in the c suite we typically work alongside of a a designated person who's responsible for tracking the internal customer experience and the external customer experience so how you know how is the team member engagement how is the customer engagement what can we do to use people process and technology to improve customer experiences or team member experiences. So we our team works with senior leaders, focuses on strategy, works with those who are directly responsible for improving the lives of customers or employees and we work on the tactics that they execute, but we rely on their team to do the work um and we're there with them all the way through the process. It's just our our role is more strategic and tactical. 
for sure. And I think it's more of a creating a maturity model for C-suite and it becomes more of a culturally conditioned scenario, right? How you create that part of culture in the business itself and each and every individual who is involved, you know. Amen, amen, amen. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, it all is about creating the right foundation, create the environment. I often say, you know, I can help anyone create a mouse, right? I mean, if you if you keep your house dirty enough and put enough bedding material for a mouse to make a nest, before you know it, a mouse will appear. Yeah. Well, the same is true with culture. I mean, if you yeah. want people to be engaged and productive and high performance, you have to create that environment as a leader. Yeah, and it, I think um, I remember in Mercedes uh, where you in book you it talks about how each an individual have to be kind of a contributor in the sales part, you know, in 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 the ba- making your brand known, you know. Absolutely, I mean we're all represent a brand. Uh, you know, a brand is only as good as the weakest link in your employee chain, right? That if that link touches a customer then guess what you have? You have a bad customer experience and that is the brand to that customer. And with the social media, the way it is today, that bad experience travels out on platforms all around the world. And your brand is fighting against that when it pays for advertising. For sure. And, and, you know, I remember in your Rich Carlton way, you talked about a lot in the customer experience, you know, how it actually embraces the actual customer experience, not just self-acclaim that we offer uh, customer experience rather than actually practicing it, you know, in day-to-day life. Um, I mean, I think we all want to believe we have a great sense of humor. I think we all want to believe our children are beautiful. I think we want to believe we're delivering amazing experiences to customers. Believing it and wanting it are different than executing. And there's a lot of hard work involved in meeting customer expectations, particularly at some moments that matter more. The greeting, the transition, the goodbye, the call to sequel. Those are really important. And some brands figure out how to execute like the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah. And that's very interesting the way you have actually put things in the book. You know, and it's a real lesson. Everybody should definitely understand. You know, if you meet an entrepreneur today, when I go and talk about my consultancy and all, and when I talk to them, what what is unique you are offering? They say customer service. I said, okay, how is that? Yeah. (laughs) How exactly? Show me, show me the money. Show me how you're doing it. You know, Peter Drucker, the the great business consultant of of yesteryear, says that none of us are in business to create a profit. Now, that's kind of hard for entrepreneurs to believe. We are in business to create a customer. If we create customers, profits will come. If we seek profits and don't figure out how to meet the needs of customers and even delight them, then soon the profits will leave. Um, So I I think it's very important for us to understand what is it that the customer wants, needs, and desires? How do you know that? What are you delivering? How do you prove that you're actually delivering against it? And are those customers coming back? Are they buying more? And are they telling people? And are you getting people walking in the door that you didn't have to pay for advertising because your experience was your advertising? Yeah. And it will travel fast. (laughs) You're Yeah. So the entire world is today going through a single common transformation movement from physical to virtual. What is the most important lesson we can learn from the global crisis currently we are facing? 
Well, I mean, I think without a doubt, you have to be able to pivot first and foremost, uh, and that people need to be safe before they need anything else. You know, if you think about Maslow's triangle of needs, the base of that triangle is physical safety, emotional well-being. And without that, nothing happens. Once we have that, we have a roof over our head. We're not at risk of dying. We have food in our stomach. Then we can want other things. And as you move up, we want to be with people. We want to be loved. We want to reach our human potential. And so right now, for this temporary period of time, and I do hope it's temporary, how long temporary, I'm not sure. We need to focus on just keeping people safe. And then once they feel safe, then we can take the next level up. What can I do for you now that you feel safe? And I feel safe to do this interview with you uh, because you've created that opportunity. Um, And so once you've done that, then I can try to help you connect with your audience and share whatever I know to help your audience. But until that happens, nothing else can happen. So I think what we really learned, you know, we had a a boxer here in the United States by the name of Mike Tyson, and he was a heavyweight champion. And he said that everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Well, I think that this, this virus has punched all of us in the mouth. This tiny microscopic organism, one one thousandth the width of a human hair, has caused us all to wobble. And some have fallen down. So, you know, the key, I think, is to really make sure that we rebound by creating safety for those who serve with us and those we serve. Yeah. And enemies never is small, I believe. <laughs> but I think it's, it's uh, see, we all talk about being a part of marketing and PR part. I We always talk about crisis, but some crisis unseen, you know, I would you see this as this is as unseen. It. I think it was seen earlier, like it's just that it was not as global phenomena as today. You know, there was a lot of issues earlier as well. But I think world was not that connected at that time. We, But we have seen similar thing in a different condition. You know? Yeah, well, I definitely, I never use the word, this is unprecedented. I hear yeah. that a lot. I don't buy that for a moment. I tend to believe that there is a precedent for everything. 1918, uh, in our country, we had, you know, a terrible pandemic. There have been many, many pandemics that have taken more life over the course of history. Now, the reality is most of us weren't around when those things happened. So uh, we forget about how others coped. Uh, But, you know, there there have been economic crises. There's been massive unemployment. There's been droughts and hunger and famine. And so we all have had at times in human history, the ability to withstand it. I think we should look for what others have done in different periods of life to be resilient because without it, then we can feel very defeated, like the human condition is coming to an end. Yeah, and I think that's what the history brings the lesson to us. People say, learn the lesson from the past and you know, see how we can actually maximize that lesson and bring your new potential, you know, upcoming lessons from the current crisis and the future could be predicted, you know. So and we didn't have the cloud and we didn't have video conferencing and you and I would not have been able to connect in the middle of a pandemic. So sure. there are tools we have it already that enable us to even cope more effectively we certainly understand microbiology in a way we didn't the last time around. So all of that is, you know, hopeful to the future. And I see this as temporary, but I do think safety trumps all things right now. Yeah. And I, I was watching Sadhguru recently and he said, we are a most comfortable generation of history of human ge- 
lifetime you know so i think it's it's really great uh, you know blessing we are living in this particular era to to be honest yeah know? i mean i think we it's easy to think of the things we don't have but we are truly blessed as human beings i think yeah. irrespective of this incredible crisis at hand yeah. Yeah, it's it's a small tiny hurdles in between to in our growth in our evolution <laughs> so you you are a highly regarded thought leader with deep insight on corporate leadership what will be the new vision and the new value proposition for the emerging corporate leadership in the post covid-19 world i think the single answer is that it must be technology aided and human driven now let me explain why i say that because You know, one of the issues is many of us are craving hugging our grandkids or we're craving spending time with our best friends in a in, without masks and without physical distance. We're craving that so much because human beings want to be connected to other human beings. We relish our humanity. And yeah. so I think as you move forward, you need to use technology to give people options. One of the beauties of the pandemic and there aren't many, but one of the beauties is that people have learned I don't really need to use cash I don't need to pull my wallet out I can do everything digitally I really don't yeah. need to wait in line I can have items delivered to my car curbside I can have things delivered to my house without me having to stand in a queue somewhere in order to get what I want all of those things I think you're going to see in the post covid world convenience ease all of that driven by technology at the same time people are going to want to dine with one another they're going to want to have meetings with one another they're going to have events where they learn from others in a larger venue so i think as a leader you have to realize that humanity is craving there's so much pent up demand for people to be together um so the post post covid world i think is one where let's give them all the technology where they can self select uh to have things done more conveniently but let's also enrich that with really quality people who can make connections in ways we couldn't do through a video conference and also if you recall gandhi's saying that global village concept i feel like we are living right actually we are embracing we had this for you know this fortunate earlier as well we had this zoom we had this technology all all the way 10 years or decades now but now we are actually using it in a true format Absolutely and and I think Gandhi is such a great example. I mean Gandhi and the and the world village is exactly it. Gandhi could do a Zoom call if he were alive today. And the number of lives he could touch would be greater than what he could have done in his lifetime without it. But I can also assure you that if you took everybody who would log into that Zoom call and give them the option to actually sit in a room with Gandhi uh they would do everything in their power to make the pilgrimage to be there right so yeah. i think the lesson here is that yes we are interconnected as a global village but we still are longing for some of the uniquely human access opportunities and brands should be positioning themselves with the best of tech and the best of people yeah so it's it's more noise but it's more people you know yeah. we have better reach now yeah yeah, yeah. So that brings to our you know almost the last question asking you know you have authored several best seller and your latest best seller is stronger through adversity was quoted as much needed book for the times apart from the pandemic what is the other factor that ignited in you to write this book So I'm getting old. Let's start with that. I'm uh, you know I'm not I'm not 20 anymore and you know I th- I've been thinking about 
how can I make a difference for the next generation of leaders? That's part of what I've really cared a lot about. And most of my books tell stories of a brand and how the brand did it. And then, you, you know, as a leader, you kind of read that and you go, how would I take some of those principles and apply it to my life? Well, this time around, I was in the middle of the pandemic. I was on all kinds of task forces for my companies that I consult with. And we were meeting all day long, day in, day out, all kinds of different groups trying to figure out how are we going to survive this, uh, particularly early on. And as I was doing it, I saw some leaders doing a really great job. They were effective. They were getting things done. Their organizations were moving. I saw others in utter chaos, not knowing how to communicate. Yeah. As good as they might have been in good times, they were that bad in bad times. And so I immediately start talking to them about how are they trying to manage the crisis? And from that, my own clients introduced me to other clients, people I've worked with over my career, I reached out to. In the end, we had 140 leaders from around the globe, companies like Starbucks, Mercedes-Benz, all the ones that I write about, but also Microsoft and Google and many others who volunteered and participated in the book. So. The point was, let's take this terrible thing and let's try to see how many different people approached it so we can all learn how to manage crises yeah. and see how much of that still applies even when we're not in crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a very good a futuristic approach. I always talk about this. Like we should always think, okay, this is your present. And how are we going to deal in a future? Where you want to see yourself in future? When people talk about where you want to see yourself in future three years down the line, they have no idea other than saying, oh, I want to be half a million dollar, a million dollar, a billion dollar company, right? Yeah. But what else, right? And when you are, most of the people start with the business without exit plan, but if they have the business exit plan, they will sell or, you know, someone will inherit but what else is your legacy? Well, and I'll tell you, I don't want to be bigger in three years, personally. I'm very content with whatever success I've achieved in my life. I'm very comfortable. What I do want to be is more significant. Um, and so success has already been established. I've established that in my track record. Sure. Now it's how do I maximize significance? How do I live my highest self for the remainder of the time? I never really want to retire uh, yeah. That sounds like I'm, I'm done and you should put me out to pasture or something and eat, eat grain. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to live my highest self for each hour, each breath that I take. Yeah. Yeah. And I always say, if I want to die, I want to die working rather than actually on the bed or in a hospital. <laughs> so see, you know, but before, before I, we go, we should more think about where, where is your legacy and how, what else we are leaving other than just giving the financial success, you know, or, or the future generation, some money out there. No, yeah, I think I think the point is well taken that, you know, financial success gets you a modicum of happiness. It certainly beats the heck out of you know, starving and striving and struggling. Right. Yeah. So the achieving is good. I mean, we should do sure. that. But at some point, it doesn't buy you anymore. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a certain point in the wealth curve where you aren't any more happy. If anything, you've acquired more things to worry about. So at some level, you've got to figure out how to go outside of yourself and measure the impact you have on others as yeah. the source of personal success above and beyond how many zeros there are uh, in, your, in your account, in your bank. 
Yeah, and for sure, it's a continuous journey and there are a lot to uh, come here, <laughs> you know. Thank you for joining. Thank you for your time today. And I'm sure as usual, as always, the audience will get a lot from you. Uh, thanks for um, your time today. Thanks for having me. I'll see you in, in uh, Australia next time or you got to come and visit us here in the U.S. Yeah, for sure. We will plan. Maybe we'll right. plan another virtual event. <laughs> All right, good enough. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.